This is a house of miracles. How many here have experienced a miracle? I know. Healing miracle. All kinds of miracles. Financial miracle. We just just believe in miracles. We do. I. That's funny that you shared on that, Tony, today, because um, <clears throat> I woke up this morning and was thinking about giving, you know, and... Um, one of the things he's had to do to break religiousness off me is also say, give to yourself. Now, I'm not talking about self-centeredness, but I, growing up, it was always what you do for somebody else. Somebody else so it became a work with me, and God had to set me free. And he's going, I want you, and I think Chris Valentin shared it really well, but as you love yourself, love others as you love yourself. Well, I've seen people that will never love themselves. No, you can't give that to me. No, I can't take that. No, no, no. And Really, to understand who Jesus is, is to be able to be able to receive, too. It's a good thing, because he's just got way more than enough, way more. I wanted to um, bless somewhat Buddy today, and for those that are around them, I would like them to go back and just lay hands on them. But this is Anna, uh, Mike and Teresa's uh, <coughs> 46th wedding anniversary. They're two years behind us. And they're right back there, so somebody put a hand on them. But I just, I just want to declare something over them and pray for them today because they have been, well, they've been with us almost 46 years, almost their whole marriage. And uh, God just sent them along, and he does that. He sends along teams and helps you walk together and stuff. But they have been just faithful, and um, I just want to declare uh, a prophetic blessing over them today. Father, I want to thank you for them first, for the faithful servants that they are, for the amazing friends, for the amazing mother and father, for all of the things that they've been and all that they've done. And Lord, you know all of the traumas that they've walked through in their life. Lord, the traumas of kids, the traumas of wrecks, the traumas of, of strokes and heart attacks, and all the, the stuff that life wants to throw at you. Father, right now, as those hands are laid on them, we rebuke all trauma, all, all, because you always bring us out into sweet blessing, and I command the traumas to go off them. And I declare this is a year of fruitful harvest for them. I declare that fruit upon fruit upon fruit upon fruit, harvest upon harvest upon harvest upon harvest of all that they've stood and believed for. This is a good year. This is a fruitful year. And, Lord, we just are going to celebrate every testimony they have. And we thank you because, Lord, it's just your will. And we bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are subdued today. Is it the rain? I just think everybody needs to shout to Jesus for a minute. I, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'm feeling it welling up inside of me. And, and I just think that it kind of it would be good for us to crack the skies right now. So if you need to stand up to yell, then do it. You know I do. But I'm going to, I want us to say, we love you, Jesus. Okay. Come on, you guys. I'm trusting in you. We may have to do it twice if the first time's not good enough. <laughs> I'm going to count. I'm counting. One, 
<laughs> Two. Three. that was really good but um he's the king of kings and the lord of lords and he's right here and so it feels like it needs to be a little greater than that okay so let's do it again i'm gonna count to three remember this is for the king of kings and lord of lords amen and amen we might have to fall down i don't know all right one two we love you, Jesus! <laughs> you beat the gun, but you did good. Okay. Oh, that was awesome. That's funny. Ron can't count. <laughs> Somebody needs to homeschool him. <laughs> homeschool. <laughs> okay. Uh, my message today is on do you trust me? And um, I'm just going to um, read and declare some things that are true. And I believe they're true for all of us. So I'm just going to be all inclusive. Lord, you are the shepherd king of the universe, and you know how to most effectively cause our lives to be what you want them to be here on earth. It's you. Nothing can stop your purpose for us. Nothing. 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 No demon. No situation. Nothing. You're all-powerful, Lord of heaven's armies, and you will perform and perfect your purposes in us, in us, and all around us. Loving you, trusting you, letting you take our hand and lead and guide, strengthen and encourage us is all you want of us. Great shepherd king, the Lord, great shepherd king, best friend who loves us, who loves me leads my life, answers my prayers, and fulfills his purpose for me. Okay, so I want us to declare this. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my, shepherd. my children's shepherd. My shepherd. This, church's this church's body shepherd. This state's shepherd. This shepherd. And this nation's shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so he would be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant, he is working perfection and strength into every part of you and he is giving you all you need to fulfill your destiny. He is expressing through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your life union by faith in him, Christ Jesus, who is to receive all the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. So, do you trust me? That's his words to us. Do you trust me? Well, I have um, been reading the book of Daniel, and I've been reading about governments, 
and generals and leaders. And I had had, uh, years ago, it was, uh, I went to a prophetic conference out at Bethel. And um, it was a very hard time in my life. It was a great time of loss in my life. I was kind of devastated when I went. And uh, so I don't know about you, but if you ever receive a prophetic word when you're a little devastated, put it on the shelf and wait on it. Often prophetic words are confirmations of things that are going to come. And so you look back. And so the other day, as I'm praying about our nation and praying about the things going on, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, uh, I gave you a word about this. And I went, oh, clear back at that prophetic conference. And what he said was, I'm causing you, I'm leading you to raise up generals. Your whole life was created to raise up generals. You weren't just called to raise up uh, just believers, but generals. And we just finished the Seven Mountain teaching with Johnny and Lowe, and, and of course others have that teaching too, but saying that the generals take the mountains. And that's all of you. I was like, God, you have called us to be generals and take the mountains. You have not called us just to be quiet little sheep that don't cause any effect on the earth. I don't want, when I'm done with this, this earth, to have made no effect for the, for the kingdom of God. And so God's raising up his generals. Ron's been, yes, last week we watched Gods and Generals. He did. And I came in and out because I was around. But it was like three-hour movie. I'm like, okay. But we were talking about it, and he said, and they had to have a bunch of generals to take the battle. They had to have generals. And one of the first things that was said to the generals that were leading was, all of the rest of you line up and stop asking so many questions and listen to what's being said. Now, I'm going to tell you that our great general is the Lord, shepherd, king, general. And so he started giving me things about generals, and I'd been praying about it, and I'm going to tell a few things in the book of Daniel, but I want to I talk about the things that he showed me about generals. We've been reading a book by, uh, what was the name of that book? Traveler, The Traveler. And it had some things, but I don't know about you, but a lot of self-help books are great. They have good truths, but they always use the word of God. You know, they, you know Ron had that business, B&I. He says, it's the book of Proverbs. Why don't we just talk about the Bible? Okay, so this one had some things, but it never, ever said, put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. I had a bunch of positive things. They're really good things. And so I thought, no, I'm going to write my own. I'm going to write what I think God's saying to generals. Number one, trust in Jesus. I've learned this in my own life. Trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet. Ron and I were listening to some hymns because we don't hear hymns very often. And I know them all. I grew up in the church. I've been in the church since I was born. And I, and I, you know, I go to my dad's house and we start singing hymns because I just grew up like that. And so when I was thinking about trust in Jesus, sorry because my voice is hoarse now, but this song came to me. If you know it, sing it with me. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at 
his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the lord jesus jesus how i trust you how i proved you are and Lord. jesus jesus precious jesus oh for grace to trust him more. So number one, trust in Jesus. Those who trust are grateful for all he is. This is a this is a attribute of trust. Grateful. They don't complain. They're not negative. Those who trust are grateful for all he is and all he has done for us on that cross which is everything. Do you know he defeated all power of the enemy? Everything. All He said, I came to give you life and life abundant. I came to destroy the one who kills, steals, and destroys. I did that. The cross made everything different. Those who stop being grateful for this, this very thing, wound their own souls. And I watched it. I'm a pastor. I've watched when they've stopped being grateful for what he's done and start getting bitter and things start taking over. And not only do they wound their own souls by not being grateful, but they wound those around them always. So if you're going to be a good general, you're not going to wound people around you. You're going to be grateful for what the, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the cross, has done for us. Number two, and it's just a little bit like it, thanksgiving is a key to greatness and strength and guards us from bitterness. Rather than uh, speak all the negative that you can and think about, start thinking what you're thankful for. I'm sorry, but if you read about anything in any nation other than our nation, I'm going, Lord, forgive us for being such spoiled brats. We are so blessed in this nation. We have been given so much. Set us free from it. And the church, most of all, should be thankful all the time. It should be known. The believers are always full of joy because they're always thankful. Thankful, no matter what's going on. Thankful. That's the second key to greatness and strength, and it guards us from bitterness. I'm going to go to Daniel, but Daniel conquered all his kingdoms with thanksgiving. Did you know that? He conquered the kingdoms. It was kingdoms who ruled. Lion's Den, he thanked God three times a day before he got thrown into it. And then he thanked God while he was in the lion's den. And then when he came out of the lion's den, he thanked God. But then the king thanked God. And the king said, the king was exceedingly glad and commanded Daniel to be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, he, this is a guy taking the kingdom, commanded those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, the evil, and brought and cast them into the lion's den, and their, they and their children and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them, and all their bones were broken in pieces. Now, I would say God kind of finished that one. And then King Darius 
the kingdom, the mountain, wrote to all the peoples and nations, and he was over them all, and languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of King Darius. That was the last one before. I mean, we don't hear the end. That was, that was the last one that he shared. But he had gone through all these kingdoms. And it was always this general who thanked God, who stayed in thanksgiving. The next, next trait Faith, not fear. I'm telling you, that has been such a good thing for me. Whenever you start feeling trembly or worrying or something's bothering you, you're fearing. Every single time when it's, when it's consuming you, when you're thinking about it all the time, you're fearing. And a general takes hold of faith and says, my God will move for me and I'm not paying attention to the fear. I'm trusting so faith, not fear for a general. A general, and this one came from Abraham Lincoln at the Gettysburg Address, forgive. No bitterness. You want to take a kingdom? Then learn to forgive. Learn to forgive. We've all been hurting. We've all hurt, all of us. No bitterness. None the buck stops here. This one was, um, who was this guy? Truman. The buck stops here. No one can win your battle for you, but you and the Lord, period. It's your choice. I watch. Oh, my gosh. I've, it, one of the hardest things in being a pastor and loving people and really caring and pouring your life into someone and then watching them start get going astray, watching them you know, I hate sin, and a good general will hate sin because God hates it. They're going to hate what, the, what their commander hates, and we're out to destroy the enemy. But saying that, watching them go, watching them um, begin to fall away, and my heart just going, no, 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 you know better, no. Your life is going to be a mess. You're going to hurt others. You're going to wound others. No, don't do it. Don't do it. And it happens. And in that point, many, many times for me, I had to go, wait a minute, I've got to let go and trust you. Remember, that's trauma to watch someone walk away from the Lord, to watch someone mess their life up and everybody else around them. Nope, I'm going to get my eyes on the Lord. I heard a devotion this morning that I thought was a really good word for bitterness. It was talking about the tree falling into the water, the bitter waters of Mara, and it was Joseph Prince. And he said, the cross takes every bitter thing and makes it sweet. Now, I want you to hear this again. The cross takes every bitter thing and makes it sweet. I've had a lot of things in my life that are hard, bitter, things that I could write books about and people go, ooh, Boy, I wouldn't want to go through what they have. But what I can tell you is, in every one of them, I gave them to the Lord. 
But I remember when we had lost David because that was, and I'd had so many. I've, I've had so many even before then. I can't even tell you. But we'd lost David, and it just felt like it was too much. An 18-year-old son with nothing wrong with him, nothing. Could never find anything wrong with him, but he's gone from me. I'm not going to see him anymore. And that was one of those places where I went, this is too much. I can't do it. I can't do it. I love you, God. I trust you. I will not have self-pity. I rebuked it. But I can't do this thing. All I feel is my life is over. And then I, it was, it was uh, eight months. He'd been gone eight months. And I was serving. I was serving the chrysalis. I was serving all these kids, sharing David's testimony. I did all kinds of things. I think I did 34 chrysalises. You know, I mean, I just did them. Why? So I could give out of my heart of grief. Give. When you got grief, just give. I'm telling you, when you got things that hurt, give more. Give more. And I did. But saying all that, I was at the end. And, uh, I've shared this with you guys before, but Ron had gone into Walmart, and I'm sitting in the van. Ethan's a baby. He doesn't like that he's playing on the floor, and, um, uh, and, and I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, God, I can't go on. I can't do this thing. You're going to have to help me. And all of a sudden, an angel came and filled the van, literally filled the van. I felt the fear of the Lord. I believe I see angels a lot. But I'll tell you, when an angel visits you like that, you're going to feel some fear. And I felt the fear of the Lord. I began to tremble because the whole van was filled with the presence of this huge angel. And I said, I can't do it anymore. And he said, the Lord's asking you to give him completely up. I want you to give his baby memories. I want you to give. I want you to give everything. I want you to let go, and I want you to move on. And I've told you uh, one that had had a dream. Tell my mom to serve the Lord. Tell my mom to obey the Lord. I mean, I knew that I was supposed to move on. I had things to do. But at that point, I'm like, God, I can't do this. He said, if you'll do this and let go, I'll give you more joy than you've ever had. Now, I'm telling you, that's humanly impossible. There is no way. There's no way he could give me more joy. But I said, okay, if you'll help me. And step by step, every day, I would praise and I would rejoice a little more. And I wouldn't look back anymore. I stopped looking back because you can't look back. For one thing, I'm going to see him in heaven anyway. And it wasn't long. I started going to Israel. I went to Israel and had a visitation while I was in Israel. And while I was there, I saw David and I saw Jacob because we've lost Jacob too. And then I told you I saw a little girl, too, a miscarriage that we'd had, and she was right there with them. And I told the Lord, I said, I don't understand this. I mean, I'm in heaven. Jesus is right there with me. And there is David, and there is Jacob, and we named her Rachel. Name, name your miscarriages. They've got, they're in heaven. They're there, and they're waiting on you. And anyway, saying that, I, I, was, I was sitting there talking to Jesus, and he was talking to me, and he says, I'm going to give you silver shoes, and there was just some things he was telling me. And I began to realize that these kids, because they were talking to me, and they were going, Mom, we're praying for you. We're with you. We're the cloud of witnesses. We're, we're there. And in this season that we've been in right now, I've seen them over and over like, keep going. The victories are coming. Keep going, Mom. Don't quit. 
Well, this morning I got up and I was seeing that again. Now you talk about it. He gave me something of heaven when I lost something of earth. I see my children. They're with me. I, they are. It's not just in memories. I see. And, and so I knew that, that we were given jobs in heaven. And, and so this morning I was thinking about it is so sweet to trust in Jesus in the song. And I said, Lord, I know what I want to do. Because different people have talked about what they'd want to do. And then I said, I want to be part of the choir. I want to be part of the, I want to be part of the worship there. I just want to, not just worship, I want to be part of it. And I thought, David, David, King David. And we always called our David a worshiper too, but King David has a choir in heaven. He does, I know he does, and I want to be part of it. I said, Lord, I want to be part of it. And he says, you know, your David already is. And I went, oh my gosh. Now, I'm going to tell you, he takes every bitter thing and he makes it sweet. But you have to let go of what's bitter. You have to let go and you have to walk away from it. A good general knows how to let go of the battles and move on. Believe me, there are people that I still say, you know the Lord. You were with us when God met you. You come alive again. Lord, take them. Do whatever it takes. But saying all that, I've walked on into more joy. I have more joy today. And he takes every bitter thing, if you'll let it go, and gives you greater joy. But it's in him, and it's in the cross. So forgive and no bitterness. The buck stops here. No one can win your battles for you, but you and the Lord. And this is the last one, and this one came from Solomon. Always seek him. He is the wisdom. He is the wisdom. I imagine there's tons more that you could say. But, but as I have just been processing that, I've come to, Lord, raise up the generals that don't quit. That was another one I had. The generals don't quit. The generals realize they're taking some ground. Yeah, you may have been through a hard thing, but come on. He'll help you leap over the wall. He'll help you take that ground. Don't quit. If I could tell you anything for battle, don't quit. Keep going. There's more. I believe there's good for this nation, and I believe with all my heart, and there's nothing in me that can quit. I can't quit. After a while, when you don't quit, you can't quit. Because I know who I have believed and am persuaded he's able to keep that which I prayed for and committed to him. I just know him. That's who he is. So I want to go back to Daniel real fast because honestly, I just, I think I just felt led. I, I encourage you all, read the book of Daniel this week. It was the first six chapters was the ones that, um, the, when he gets into all the other stuff, it's kind of confusing to me. I'm not an Ezekiel reader real great. <laughs> I like little simple things. Jesus loves the little children. Oh, I like that story. Okay. <clears throat> Walking on the water, that's pretty simple. Okay. So anyways, I felt led to read the book of Daniel. And I felt it was appropriate as a man of faith in God in an unbelieving government, how did he overcome the battles? Now, I already told you the one, Thanksgiving. First, he made a decision to keep his faith in God foremost. That's chapter 1 of Daniel. And he, he kept his diet. He did all the things because he was under the law. He did all the things that were pleasing to God under the law. But he had faith in God. Chapter 2, 
He was given an opportunity to speak supernaturally to Nebuchadnezzar, the king. Now, I'm going to tell you, Nebuchadnezzar ruled the world, and he wasn't nice. He was not a nice man. He was a mean man. He did all kinds of things just for whatever he felt like doing. So he did not know God. He did not know the love of God, and he had no understanding of who God was at all. So he has all of his magicians and witchcraft people and demonic people and everybody, and he has a dream. He goes, you tell me my dream. You tell me. And they're like, that's impossible. We can't tell you your dream. You've got to tell it to us. Then we'll tell you what it means. And he goes, no, if you really are as wise as you say you are, and if you really have all this knowledge, then you'll tell me my dream. Well, they couldn't. So now he says, okay, soldiers, go kill them all. <laughs> just murder them all. I don't, I, I don't like those wise men. I just want them all dead. And so they get to Daniel, and Daniel says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Give us time to seek our God. Don't kill anybody yet. Give us some time. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and Daniel all start seeking God together. They're all seeking God, and they're all going, <laughs> Lord, please. And then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision in the night. And you can have night visions still. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, this is Daniel 2.20, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belongs wisdom and might. We realize he kept his faith in God. This is a good general. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. And he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I thank you. <laughs> I bet this was a real Thanksgiving. And I praise you because you've given me wisdom and might, and I'm not going to die today, and have made known to me what we asked in, for you, and you have made known to us the king's matter. So he goes to, Dan, or goes to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, this was your dream. And now we will tell the king what it means. King, and this is so funny. King has this dream of this big old statue of kingdoms. It's just a big old statue. And, of course, he's the gold head. You know, he's pretty special. Anyway, king, you're the most important king. The God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. He has given you control, and you rule over people and the wild animals and the birds, whatever the, wherever they live. God has made you ruler over them all. Now, Nebuchadnezzar carried a lot of power. King Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold, of this gold statue, but another kingdom's going to come after you, and it's not going to be as great, and a third kingdom, and another kingdom. And during the reign of all these kingdoms, the God of heaven's going to begin to have a say. And he's going to set up a kingdom that can never be destroyed by man. He's going to set up a kingdom. Um, where am I? It can never be destroyed, nor its sovereignty left into the hands of people. Uh, it will shatter and crush all of the kingdoms of the earth, and it will stand forever. This is Jesus saying, on this rock I have built this church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I have given you all power and authority. 
I've given you the ability to tread on serpents. I've given you what you need. I put it in your hands and in your mouth. And I'm raising you up as a kingdom of generals who will take my glory on this earth. And that's what he was saying. Daniel's telling about this. And anyway, I wrote, it will shatter and crush all these kingdoms. It was a rock. And it will stand forever. This, that rock is Jesus that knocked down all the great government mountains of the earth. And it became a great mountain over the whole, whole earth. I personally am not into end time -itis. I believe that the glory of God wants to cover this whole earth. And I believe he's looking for his body, the kingdom of God, to believe him. And to stand in this hour and to stand in this day and believe we're going to take things. But each one of you has to be a general over the mountains he's called you to. All of you do. So, uh, you saw the stone cut out of the mountain anyway. And he just said that it crushed all the others. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and paid homage, first time, <laughs> to Daniel first. One of them says he worshipped him. And commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. I'd say he was probably worshipping Daniel. Then the king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries. You have been able to reveal this mystery. So, God is going after a ruler that is so great, he can do whatever he pleases. And he uh, first gives him a vision or a dream. The second time that it happened, um, there was two other times where God got a hold of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. I think this is hilarious. I, I realized it as I was reading it. Do you realize he made a statue out of his dream? <laughs> he made the statue. And then he said, now everybody, you have to worship it. Everybody has to bow down when my statue comes on, and you all have to do it. So it didn't, the first encounter with God didn't last real long. Have you ever seen anybody that's gotten a real big encounter, and you're going, okay. So it didn't last too long. So now he builds this big statue, and this is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they go into the fiery furnace seven times hotter, and the Son of God comes in and stands. Now Nebuchadnezzar's looking in this fiery furnace because they didn't fall down and worship the, the idol, and he's going, there's one like the Son of God in that fire. Oh, my goodness. So he brings them out, and, of course, the people that are coming, or the people that threw them in died. He brings them out, and Nebuchadnezzar, again, fell on his face, <laughs> this is so funny. And, and he said, any people, nation or language, that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruin. There should be no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Now, I think that's hilarious because he didn't get it yet, did he? This is a God of love who has all might and all power. So the next time, Daniel has a dream and warns him what's going to happen. And he said, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, I just honor you. I don't really want the kingdom torn from you because I really like my position. He didn't say that, but I'm thinking that. But he said, um, if you don't start being kind and loving people and worshiping God, he's going to take the kingdom away from you. You're going to be like an animal. And for seven years, you're going to act like an animal in every single way. If you don't listen to me, you've had two warnings, and you're getting a third one. Well, we know he didn't. 
And so uh, he glorifies himself and then ends up being an animal. <laughs> At the end of seven years, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar lifted his eyes to heaven and his reason returned to him. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him. Notice it wasn't men he was honoring. It wasn't anybody else. Him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his, in, his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of earth are counted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? For God rules. I just want you to hear that because that is the word of the Lord for generals who walk in his kingdom. God rules. At the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom and majesty, and I think Daniel saved it for him. I really do. I think Daniel protected things. Um, you, you don't know, but he was the top man. And so I just think that. And for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me, and I was established in my kingdom. And who would do that with hateful hearts? It's only an honoring heart that would pull him back in. And I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, a mountain. But who took the mountain? That's what I want you to see. Who took that mountain? God took it through his general. God took it through someone who would not bow down and trust to God. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, king over the world, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. He is able to humble. So I just want to challenge you. It's a choice to you whether you want to be a general. I believe most of you have way chosen it already. But I'm, I believe that there may be a time of stepping up to say, I'm here for your kingdom, and I'll step forward even more. And I believe that he does ask that in different times and seasons in your life. Are you going to go forward, or are you going to just get stationary? If you're going to go forward, you're going to worship. If you're going to go forward, you're going to gather with believers. If you're going to go forward, there is going to be fruit in your life of love, harmony, and fellowship. It's just going to be there. I always love how he visits us at worship. He just is always here. But Paul gave, and I've been asking the Lord, show me others in the New Testament that raised up generals, and obviously Paul did. And I believe Jesus did with the apostles. But we are all called in the same way. You guys, you got to understand, your call is not less. It is not less. You are a child of God, and he lives in you. The king of kings lives in you. So I want to pray um, Paul's prayer over all of us. So I want you to stand. I'm just going to give you a few moments to reflect with the Lord before I pray this. Do you want to go forward? Do you want to be a general? 
You've been called kings and priests. Do you want to walk in it? Then go forward. Lord, I join with Paul's prayer for all of us, for the generals. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that you would unveil within us the unlimited riches of your glory and your favor until supernatural strength floods into our innermost being with your divine power, might, and the explosion of the Holy Spirit. Then, by constantly using our faith, the life of Jesus will be released deep inside of me, inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of our lives. Then we will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, what every general experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours out into you until you are filled to the overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, your exceedingly wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For this miraculous power constantly flows through you. So now, Father, we offer up to you all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ, that all will be manifest through time and eternity. Be glorified in us, great shepherd of the sheep. Be glorified in us forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.